Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. Hey, uh, we've had some conversations over the last few weeks. And one of the things that we talked about was how Israel was one nation and then some drama broke out and it splits into two nations, okay? Splits into, splits into two kingdoms. You have your northern kingdom and your southern kingdom. And in your northern kingdom, your capital, Samaria, southern kingdom, uh, your capital is Jerusalem. And we talked how uh, there's tension that builds between these two nations, which started as one. And you have your northern kingdom, which just seems to progressively grow away from the Lord. It's their, their leaders consistently decline and uh, the nation is seeing moral rot and they're getting further and further from the law of God. Eventually, so you get to King Ahab and they say like King Ahab was the worst there ever was. Then you have your Southern kingdom and your Southern kingdom does a little bit better. They still have moments of rebellion, but then revival will break out or a new leader will come and he'll reinforce the things of God into the kingdom. So in the, in the Southern kingdom, you kind of have this ebb and flow. And in the Northern kingdom, they're just figuring out and they need prayer real bad. So uh, where we pick up today is there is a prophet named Habakkuk. Everyone say Habakkuk. And Habakkuk finds himself as a prophet of God, which means God, he has a, a direct connection with the Lord, where the Lord reveals things to him in a divine specific way where he can mediate between the people of God and God himself. He acts as the voice of God to the people of God. And so what's unique about Habakkuk, one, is the time in which we drop into him. It's an Old Testament book. And at this point in time, the Southern Kingdom is totally rebelling. There's violence in the nation. There's constant injustice in the nation. And Habakkuk's been praying and asking the Lord. He's like, God, where are you? Don't you see all this going on in here? And so he takes time and he prays and he prays again and he's continuously asking God to bring a revival in his kingdom, but he's not seeing any of it. He's like, God, I know you're good, but I'm just, I don't understand while you're just allowing all this moral rot to happen in our nation. We're supposed to be marked by God. We're supposed to be the people of God. Where are you? That's what's going on. And what's so unique is usually when we see a prophet operating in the Old Testament specifically, we see them receiving a message from God and then delivering the message from God to the people. But again, what's so unique about the book of Habakkuk is it's just him and God directly connecting through a vision that he's having. And he's just speaking to God himself, letting his complaints be known. Um, so again, there's, there's injustice and there's violence in the southern kingdom. Habakkuk wants to see revival, but he's been praying, believing. God just seems silent, distant, and dormant, and he's not answering his prayers. And uh, man, I don't know if I have a couple honest Christians in the room, but if I had to guess, Habakkuk isn't the only one who's ever felt like this in their walk with the Lord. Amen? You ever been walking through something and it's like, God, where are you? God, why would, why would you allow this to happen? God, I thought you were good. It feels like you're silent. It feels like you're distant. God, it feels like you're dormant in this time. Uh, it's not always sunshine and roses. 
following Jesus. Amen? Some of y'all, if you were to be honest behind closed doors, you've had some, some hard conversations with God. Like, God, I, I thought you were going to save the marriage, man. God, why didn't you stop the miscarriage? Why would you allow us to experience that hurt and that pain? Why did you allow God? I'm, God, I'm still healing from the abuse I experienced as a kid. And, and it's, it's causing tension in all my relationships. God, why did you allow that to happen to me? God, I called out. I, I prayed. I fasted. Where were you? Where are you? I, th- I thought you were good. I, I see what your word says. But I'm just not feeling like it's lining up with what I'm walking through. Maybe that's been you. Maybe that's the season you're in right now. Uh, you came to the right place this morning. I, I want to open up. This is where Habakkuk is himself. As he uh, observes everything that's going on around him, he says this specifically to God. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter one. We're going to be in chapter one all, all service. So you guys can just turn there with me or cheat on the screens. I won't judge you. It says this, Habakkuk one, verse one. This is the message the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. And then it's him speaking to the Lord. He says, How long must I call for help? But you don't listen. Violence is everywhere. I I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence, and I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and they love to fight. The law has become paralyzed, and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. Habakkuk is like, God, there's so much crap going on in the culture. We need revival. We need, we need, we need you to grace us with something new. You, we need you to restore what's seemingly been lost. Do you love the local church? Come on, I love the local church. I'll be a part of the local church till I die, whether I'm preaching or just handing people things or cleaning a bathroom. I love the local church, and I believe in it. Um, You know, I was playing the cajon today, but when I was in seventh grade, I started playing the drums in church, and so I've been in church uh, for the better part of my life, not really youth group or anything, but on Sundays I was definitely there. And I was the only drummer in our church for like from seventh grade till I graduated high school. And so I was playing every week and I wasn't allowed to miss. And so I'm grateful for that foundation. I'm grateful for what the local church, the foundation it laid within me to step into the things God would end up calling me to. But like my church experience, if I'm anything like you and you're anything like me, you've had some good leaders, some good pastors. Maybe you've had some poor leaders and some poor pastors. You know, I've experienced some gracious, kind, generous, loving Christians in the church. I've also experienced some Christians who just exhibit some nasty behavior. Amen? Everyone's like, amen. Not here, of course. Um, you know, I've had some holy moments, memorable encounters with the Lord in church. 
Um, and maybe you have too, but also like you, I got some church hurts and maybe some of y'all in the room got church hurts and church has been hard in different seasons. I'm right there with you. But one thing that's always bummed me out, but regardless of all that, I love the local church. I'll always love the local church. But one thing I've always kind of expected to see a little more out of the local church is that I feel like we spend a lot of time answering questions nobody's asking. You have people who come in and we serve this omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, only good God, yet we look around and we see moral rot and we see uh, tragedy and we've experienced trauma and we have hardship and grief and there's guilt and there's shame and it's like, God, if you're so good, why does all this crap happen? And it's like sometimes we come in and it just feels like people got questions but the church is answering questions people aren't asking. And so part of the heart of this series is to just address head on in our very best effort um, some of the more difficult things in following the Lord and in following Jesus. And so we're gonna take the next couple of weeks to go through the book of Habakkuk and uh, you know, kind of address this question, even though, say even though, even though what I see isn't consistent with what I necessarily believe, will I remain faithful? Will I remain faithful? And we pulled the name of this series out of the final chapter in Habakkuk, which says this, uh, chapter three, verse 17. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though, say even though, Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. So for the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to walk through a series we've titled, Even Though, A Walk Through the Book of Habakkuk. Would that be all right? Good, because even if it's not, we're doing it. Amen? Come on, let's pray, and then <laughs> let's pray, and then I'll preach. Jesus, we love you so much. I'm so honored and grateful for the opportunity to communicate your word. I ask for an anointing right now from your spirit that I would be powerful and effective for your kingdom and for your glory. I pray for every heart in this room. Maybe they're listening to this word on a podcast. I pray that right now you'd till the soil of their heart to receive the seed of your word. God, let it grow to produce fruit in our lives. Let it take root in our heart and produce fruit in our lives. We don't just wanna hear your word. We wanna live it out. We wanna apply it in its fullness. We wanna experience transformation. We wanna be a company of kingdom people. So would you do that today? Would you use today to accomplish that in us and through us? And I pray this church would continue to foster kids in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So 2020 was definitely a weird year, okay? Uh, Honored to be a part of it because our kids will go through history class and they'll talk about 2020 and we experienced it firsthand. I don't think anyone's ever experienced anything like it. It was a weird year, but in that midst of that being in that weird year, I had a really weird week, okay, where in this particular week, it was like things went from bad to worse. You ever been in a situation where things just went from bad, like they were already bad, and then they just got worse? In this particular week of 2020, uh, we had just brought in our first foster child, and 
About a weekend, we discovered that she has well-developed head lice. Now, we have, no, have never had kids, nonetheless, a teenager. Uh, we have never dealt with head lice in our home, so we're kind of freaked out. Come to find out this is like a normal thing. It's no big deal, but we were kind of freaked out about it. And uh, so then I, I did just gotten back from Montana. I was in Montana for a week, and I was there with like 15 other leaders and pastors, and towards the end of the trip, two of the guys lost their taste and smell. Come to find out, a couple of days later, every person that went on this trip got COVID. So I bring COVID back to my home. I infect my wife. Amen? And uh, don't say amen. <laughs> That's just, you know you've been preaching a lot when you just shout amen for no reason. It's just like, you're like, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to amen that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. So... <laughs> <laughs> I got COVID, my, my daughter's got lice, my wife's got COVID. We're like, my wife, my, our daughter's probably gonna have uh, COVID too, and that's just a double bad week, lice and COVID, can't imagine, can't imagine. And so uh, we know that she's definitely probably gonna get infected from us and contract the Rona, so we take her to Jordan Valley Clinic down in Springfield, we send her in. Keep in mind, my wife and I, were both testing positive for COVID. So we can't get out of the car or do anything. So we drive our foster daughter down and we tell her, yep, just go in there and, and, and tell them what you need to do and they'll get you all taken care of and tested. So she's in testing while we're sitting out in the car. It's already been a bad week. It's been a hard week. Not to mention, I've just brought in this foster daughter and like, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to love on a kid. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever taken your, your, the strengths finder assessment, tells you what your top five strengths are. And one of mine is woo, okay? W-O-O stands for winning others over. My wife can tell you when people don't like me, it drives me crazy. I want to be liked. I want you to like me. I want to win you over. So I will, you know, as Paul became a Jew to the Jews and a Gentile to the Gentile, I want to connect with you and relate with you. And so here I am working that woo strength in its fullness, and I'm just freaking her out. <laughs> Day two, I'm like, I love you. She's like, shut up. I'm like, okay. It's a weird week. It's a weird week. Anyways, we're in the parking lot. She's getting tested. Our car dies. You got to remember, we got the Rona. This is at the height of everyone being terrified of what it is. And, and I know, and I, and I don't want to make light of, because I know some of y'all have been affected by it in a serious way, and I don't want to make light of that. But we don't really know what to expect. And so here we are in the car. I cannot go ask for help. And, and I was just, you know, thinking that this might be one of our last moments. We decided we might as well document the process. Go ahead, check out this video.
Come on, you ever experienced bad to worse? You know, this is a playful example, and uh, appreciate Zach, our creative guy, knitting that video together for me. That originally went to my family, so. Um. But you know, for some of you, for real, it's more serious than that. Life's been challenging. It's been one, one challenge back to back. You know, like for some of us, it was you lost your job, and then you lost a family member on top of it, and you're like trying to process the emotions of that, or it's like, you know, you raise these kids, and then they leave the nest, and you're dealing with some of the emotions of them leaving home, and then, um, you know, then the marriage starts to fall apart, and you're trying to work up the emotional capacity to, to, to uh, process through this, but then to fix this, and sometimes it's just things go from bad to worse, and in this conversation between Habakkuk and God, that's exactly what we're going to see happen. It's going to go from bad to worse. Let's reobserve Habakkuk's uh, lament to the Lord, and then let's see how the Lord responds, okay? Verse two, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you don't listen? Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there's no justice in the courts. God, I thought you were good. I thought you were almighty and you were holy and we were supposed to be your set apart people. I thought you had a hope in a future for us. God, where are you? How many times do I have to pray? How many times do I have to ask? Habakkuk's like, God, it's bad down here, man. It's bad. And so the Lord, in this interaction, finally replies, and let's see how he replies. In verse five, the Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed, for I am doing something new in your own day something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I'm raising up the Babylonians. Now, for some context here, Babylonians, you know, we thought the southern kingdom had their issues. Babylonians is like times 10. Pagan country, they're way more rebellious, way more evil, and and so Habakkuk's probably standing there like, Babylonian? Let's look. God continues to talk. He tells us a little bit about them. A cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer lands. And Habakkuk's like, okay. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away like eagles. They swoop down and devour their prey and Habakkuk's still just like, like eagles, swoop, just not comforting, not encouraging. And every single one of them has fleas. All right, here we go. On they come, all bent on violence. 
Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and they're gone, but they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their God. Habakkuk's like, God, where are you at? He says, I'm right here, and I'm sending the Babylonians and evil people to capture y'all. What? (laughs) See how he replies. This is Habakkuk now talking, speaking back. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you don't plan to wipe us out? Oh, Lord, our rock, you, you've sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins, but you're pure. You can't stand the sight of evil. W- will you wink at their treachery when what we believe, even though what we believe doesn't line up with what we see? And this is what's happening with Habakkuk here. What he believes and what he knows about God doesn't seem to be manifesting in the flesh. And so he has confusion and concern and worry. God, you're, you're holy and you're eternal. Let's continue to read. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent with the wicked while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up in their hooks and caught on their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of us. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they will claim. Will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquest? So we see Habakkuk, makes, he, he talks to God, he makes his request known. God responds, and then Habakkuk has his second reply here. And the second reply finishes off chapter one And and then in uh, the beginning of chapter two, Habakkuk two, we'll see the rest of his reply. But before we get there, Habakkuk, he's not holding back his concerns with God. He's not holding back his discouragement, his anxiety, his fear, his worries, his his frustrations. God, you're holy. You're you're eternal. You're, You're the Lord in my rock. You're pure. You can't stand the sight of evil. So how could you let something like this happen? How could you let someone like this, more evil than us, experience such victory? I don't understand it, God. You know, one of my good friends, he was my roommate in college, and uh, for for one of the years I was in college, and he's from Chicago, and his whole spiritual life has been this big ebb and flow. And, you know, growing up, he grew up with, with just his mom and uh, in a tough part of Chicago, and he's just seen a lot of stuff. He had to step up and be, uh, he had to be son, uh, brother, and dad kind of all at the same time, just a tough kid. And uh, like I said, his whole relationship was ebb and flow. And this is one of those kids where if he could just die to himself and, and, and just surrender himself to the Lord, I, I, I really believe that he would do some powerful, powerful things in the kingdom. I just believe that about him. So I just love this guy. And, uh, you know, even, even in, his, in his stupid seasons, you know, when we were running around and being naughty, it would be funny because bouncers would try to beat this guy up and he would just suplex bouncers. It was like, yeah, your pastor's been in the club a little bit, all right? Don't judge me. 
Apparently Pastor Ryan has too with the whole. Anyways, so just, this isn't confession time. So I'm talking, I'm talking with my buddy on the phone and you know, he's just at this place where the, where the ebb and flow, sometimes it's really high and he's making impact on, to, uh, on the youth or he's involved in the youth ministry. But then other times he's like, hey man, yeah, I was, I was driving drunk and high and I got my third DUI uh, yesterday. I never know what's going on with him. He's always been kind of reckless, but eventually we've just kind of gotten to this point in, in one of our last conversations. He's like, Mark, I, I just don't understand how a good God, everything he's seen, seeing dead bodies on the side of the street where he's from, I don't understand how a good God could let all this happen. And I think that's, you know, a legitimate wrestle that maybe you and I have or we've had at some point. But in these moments, even though we don't have all the answers and we don't understand it all, I can look to the words of Jesus and I can find comfort. In fact, if I take time to heed the words of Jesus, I actually believe there's an equipping. He gives, he gives us the right perspective for uh, what this life is gonna be like. And in doing so, we, as we heed his words, it equips our head and it equips our heart for the things to come where we, we can be disciples that will not be shaken. Amen. So, in, in, and we see this, Jesus is sitting down. He's having a conversation with his disciples the night before he's going to be crucified. Uh, he's sitting down. They're sharing the Passover meal. And John 13 through John 17 is what we know as the upper room discourse. So theologians love this conversation with Jesus because it's really deep and it's really juicy. But I just wanted to pull one verse from that conversation where Jesus tells his disciples uh, where he prepares them for some of the things that are ahead. And I think in this, we need to heed the words of Jesus here for ourselves because sometimes it ain't gonna be all sunshine, flowers, and rainbows. Amen? John 16, verse 31, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. He's uh, prophesying about what's to come with the cross and all that's gonna happen. He said, I've told you this. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. And then he goes on to say this. He says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. He says, listen, I just want you to know, even though you love me, and you follow me, um, you're gonna go through some hard times on earth. Life's gonna be hard sometimes. But take heart, I've overcome the world. I'll give you everything you need to endure, all the trial, all the tribulation you're gonna walk through. That word there for trials is thalipsis in the Greek. Here on earth, you will have many thalipsis, which means pressure. It's what they use for squeezing grapes and olives to get the oil out. The leapsis. You're going to get some pressure from this life. You may, there, there's going to be times where we're just rebellious and living in sin and experiencing the consequences because of that. But there will be other times where we are in a moment of obedience or in a season of, of right living to the very best of our ability through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're doing our best to honor God, to be obedient to him. And things will still go sideways. Right? He says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. 
The word thalips is Jesus is saying, listen, you're going to experience pressure. You're going to be afflicted. You're going you're to experience anguish. You're going to be burdened. You're going to experience persecution, tribulation, trouble. It's all coming for you. So when I read this, it, it, it helps me, although I still don't fully understand it, at least Jesus prepared us in spirit through his word. Hey, I'm still here. I still love you. I still have a hope and a future for your life. I, 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 I still I, I created you. You were created for me, through me. Uh, but sometimes life is going to be hard. I just want you to know that. But take heart because there's coming a day. I've already overcome the world. So take heart. There's coming a day where uh, it'll all be taken care of for eternity. <clears throat> I'm just saying if, if there was, you know, if things were all gravy when we just decided to follow Jesus. If there was a group of people who, uh, you know, obviously after uh, scattering and all that, they come back together and we, as we go through the book of Acts, we see the disciples do some of the most significant ministry the world's ever seen. And so it, even their shadows fall on people and we see people healed. So if guys were that holy, that anointed, that gifted, were that close with Jesus, if they still experience trial, chances are you and me are gonna experience our trials we're going to experience our pressure as well, right? You mean to tell me if I love Jesus, life won't be perfect? I'm just telling you, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus never said that. Jesus instructed his disciples, and he's instructing you this morning. Daughter, take heart. Son, take heart. You've got me, and I have your eternity dealt with. And my spirit is in you. And guess what? In the good times and the bad times, my spirit produces fruit in every season. Take heart. I can't have you discouraged. I have divine assignments on your life. I know it doesn't look like you thought it would, but you need to keep going. You need to trust me. You need to remember I've overcome the world. So you, daughter, pick up your head. Son, don't you dare go back to what it used to be. I know it's hard, but I told you it would be. I told you it would be. Take heart. One thing I've discovered about the Lord is uh, he allows us to experience the gauntlet of life because it's in that gauntlet that he shapes and molds us into who he's created and called us to be. I just believe that. He uses it for his good. Um, <clears throat> Job said it like this, but he knows where I'm going. God knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, I will come out pure as gold. There's something about the trials and the pressure of life that actually, if we'll lean in, remain faithful through it, we'll come out better for it. Amen. I was writing this um, sermon. I think it's so funny. I got two of my old youth students in here. I didn't even put two. I didn't even know that you guys were going to be here. Um, but I just remember as I was putting this together, I just remember a season of discouragement, of not really knowing what to do next. And it was a Wednesday night. I was leading youth at, at our Republic campus. Did that for uh, just under three years. And on a Wednesday, I came home and came to Abigail after service. And I just said... I said, babe, it was almost like I just kind of felt my heart unplug from it. And I was like, I just don't know if I'm called to do this anymore. And I said, if Pastor Chad asked me tomorrow, like, is your heart in this? And are you called to do this? I'd have to say no. 
And so, but I had no plans to like hang up the hat or to stop. I just was like, that's just kind of, it was brand new. Like that's just kind of what I was processing through and what I was starting to feel in my spirit. And so I never had meetings with the executive team uh, with the church at that time. And so I come in the next day, that Thursday, I get called into Pastor Chad's office and I sit down with all the executive pastors. He said, hey, so we want to talk about our youth ministry. He starts casting some vision for the youth. I want to split up our high schoolers and I want to split up our junior hires. And our youth group was just massive at that time, had like 200 kids who were coming and we needed to split them up and figure out something else. And, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting there and he goes, so we can raise somebody up to oversee the junior hires and um, it, it casting all this vision. I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah. He goes, but I need to know, Mark, is your heart in this? And I'm like, this is verbatim what I said. I know I'm dropping a bomb on you guys right now. I said, but I don't know if I'm called to do this anymore. In fact, I feel like I have clarity on that. I said I just had a conversation with Abigail last night. And so long story short, I kind of quit my job uh, without knowing what am I doing? Where am I going? If it's not this, what is it? There's no other opportunities in the church. There's no other positions in the church. So I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to leave. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And so <clears throat> through this time, I, I'm just thinking, I'm having conversations with Abigail. And, uh, you know, it was like, man, God, I thought I was like, I thought I was supposed to do this. I'm like, maybe I'll just go back to school um, maybe I'll just start selling something again or just feeling like all of a sudden I'm kind of stepping away from one thing and not knowing, but I, I felt like I had finally answered this call that I felt like was in my heart for so long. And now it's like, it's all just kind of going away. And I'm like, I don't know, just feeling discouraged and a little lost and like, what's next? And I, I don't know, just processing through a lot. And so um, you know, Pastor Dylan at the well is one of my very, very good friends. And we've known each other for a long time. We've always, it's part of our routine. We, we sit down, we have meetings and for a while we were meeting consistently too. <clears throat> and so we'd always meet at this price cutter and drink Starbucks and just share life and all, all that. And I remember this particular time, we both kind of had our moments with each other. And I just remember sitting across from him at the table at this price cutter and uh, just kind of opening up about where I'm at and, and what I'm walking through and how I'm feeling. And, and to some of you guys, it's like, relax, dude. Like, you're just looking for a new job. But for me, it was real, okay? Maybe I'm a little emotional sometimes. And so I'm sitting at the table, and it's just like, <clears throat> yeah, man, I don't know. I think maybe I'll go back to school, or I'll just go get a job in the meantime. Uh, maybe go back into sales or something. And, and uh Dylan looks at me, and he goes, man, I just want to speak something over you. And uh, there's this video where T.D. Jakes prays. Uh, you know, I'm not, whatever. If you listen to these preachers, if you don't, it's not about the preachers, but T.D. Jakes lays his hand on uh, John Gray's head and says, I cast that spirit of suicide off you, and John Gray falls out in the spirit, and he goes, and I, he goes, I feel like I'm supposed to speak over you. I know you're not suicidal, but... He goes, man, I just want you to know, I just want to speak over you. 
that you're called and you're equipped and you're anointed and God has good plans for your life and he just speaks over me and I just cannot control myself in this price cutter. I'm like, oh my gosh, just, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a hoodie and I'm, I'm putting my face into my hoodie because I'm embarrassed that I'm weeping and I can't stop and I don't want to stop and I, I think I had been suppressing like, I think there were some identity things going on in me and, and recognizing, like, just, just priorities and all these things. And it was like, I think I had just been fighting. And, like, it was like all of a sudden I had someone who was, like, fighting with me and just reminded me that, like, the, the victory is already won in Jesus. His word is true. What he said about you, what he promised you, who he is to you, you better not forget it. And if you're taking notes, I just want you to, I just want you to write this down. The fact that it's finished is fuel for me to endure any fire. The fact that it's finished when Jesus took our sin on that cross, when we placed faith in him, when he made way for eternity for you and me, he, he washed us, he made us new. So life's going to be hard sometimes, but guess what? He's overcome the world. And sometimes we just need to be reminded when he says it is finished, that's fuel for me to endure any fire. It's, it's the most challenging moments, the darkest moments sometimes, that allow us to discover, worship team, you can come, that allow us to discover what do we really have our faith in? Who do we really trust? What do we really believe? Who, who is our true comforter? When times get hard, do I lean into the Father or do I lean into the bottle? When times get hard, do I just go try to outperform and just go get more money and a hotter girlfriend or a better looking man to be with? Do I just go try and fill all these holes? Like when it gets hard, when the going gets rough, what do I lean into for comfort? We discover a lot about ourselves through the fires, amen? And maybe in one way or another, Habakkuk's frustration and heart cry, uh, maybe it resonates with you in the season you're in right now and what you've been walking through. And this is my only point for the day, really simple, not profound. Request, stand, and wait. Request, stand, and wait. Because remember, Habakkuk makes his request God replies, and then Habakkuk replies back. And so I read it through the rest of it in chapter one, but in chapter two, he says this, I will climb up to the watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. I'm gonna make my request known. I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna wait. We can turn the lights down in here if you wouldn't mind wife encouraged me to do this and I was thinking about doing it earlier this week so I just felt like that was confirmation for you you feel like you're in a season of waiting right now waiting to see God why or God what are you doing or what's the, what's the door you're going to open ahead if that's you would you just stand to your feet right now like man I'm just in a season of waiting I'm just in a season of waiting it's in a season of waiting just waiting to see a season of waiting Man, everybody standing, I just want to encourage you. It's like, you just keep standing. You just keep standing. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post, 
and there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Come on, I wanna pray over everybody in this room who stood to their feet, who's waiting, that God would uh, infuse you, that he would impart spiritual endurance, spiritual strength, spiritual fervor, spiritual grit to keep going because in the faithfulness, he's gonna, in your faithfulness, you'll, you'll see the fruit. Amen? Jesus, you see everybody standing in this room. You see everybody who's been waiting on you, looking for answers, struggling with grief or shame or doubt or confusion or worry. But Father, as we go through this book of Habakkuk, I think we're gonna continue to see, we're gonna continue to learn that we just need to be faithful in every season, that you can be trusted in every season, that you can produce fruit in every season. So if we've been distracted or discouraged, Holy Spirit, impart your spiritual fervor, impart your spiritual strength, impart your spiritual endurance, do something in our hearts and in our minds. Give us a fresh perspective uh, to, uh, to address our trial and say, uh, I'm not asking any longer, why did you allow it to happen? The question is, God, what are you teaching me through this? What are you cultivating in me through this? What are you developing in me through this? How is this gonna bring your kingdom glory? Because I know you're, you're for your glory and I'm for your glory. So God, bring me into that. Whoever, whatever you have for me, I wanna be faithful to step into those things. So God, I just pray right now, pour out your spirit on those standing. Would everyone stand to their feet in the room? Come on, let's sing to the Lord and tell him that he's always enough. He's always enough. Jaira, our provider. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.